sports fans, and welcome to episode 41 of State of My Sports. That's State of MI Sports. We talk about the teams we love and you love in this great state of Michigan. Stay in touch with us on our social media, State of MI Sports, on Instagram and Twitter. Also like our Facebook page with the same name, State of MI Sports. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You're alerted when a new episode is out. And also subscribe to our YouTube channels uh, to watch each segment throughout the week and share us with some friends to help us grow our audience. Episode 41, we're going to talk about what we saw between the 49ers and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And before we take a break from football, we will have a little you know, mock draft fun here. Um, earlier today, we had some breaking news uh, with Mark D'Antonio stepping down from the Michigan State football. Um, we will definitely talk about that. We'll just try to unpack it the best we can. We're going to do some uh, NBA trade rumors because the trade deadline is Thursday already. So we got a lot to go here. And then we will talk about the in-state rivalry on the court this week that we have Saturday. Big game for both teams, and we'll see which ones, who's it more important to. Um, and we will also talk some DeHop's Brewing Company and Cafe picks. We don't have the picks this week, but we have our results, so we'll get into that. Um, and, of course, we'll do some beer grades. I am Sam Waltart, and with me today, Ryan Waltart, Micah Smith, and Kyle Fossey. We're all here to drink some beer at the hops and just talk some sports and have a good time. So uh, we got a lot to get it to today. So we're just going to jump right into beer intros. You guys know I care a lot about you and want to know what your weeks were like, but we don't have time for that. So Ryan, you want to start us off with, <laughs> with your beer of the day? Yeah, sure. So I'm drinking something new that I've never seen on the menu before. This is the Porter Fudgetastic, uh, 6.2 alcohol percentage. It is brewed with walnuts, coconut, uh, cocoa nibs. I guess just some nibs of cocoa. Nibs. Yeah, nibs. some milk sugar <laughs> and vanilla. That was Sam's nickname in high school. Mil- milk <laughs> sugar <laughs> or nibs? <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show is nicknamed <laughs> nibs too, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go with milk sugar. Yeah. Milk sugar. I always call it milk sugar. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. Micah, what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm drinking something new as well. It's their EB101, it's a 7.2 percenter. Uh, it's an IPA that gets its name from the experimental blend of hops provided by our friends at Great Lakes Hops in Zealand. This blend is predominantly made with Cascade hops paired with supporting lineage hops. Nailed Ex- it. Yeah. Expect an aroma lineage. of pine with yeah. soft fruit notes. Very nice. Soft fruit notes. Yep. Speaking that, of soft. That could be a nickname too. Kyle? Fruity Pine. What are you drinking? Seven Secrets DDH New Ooh. England IPA. I believe this is new as well. They got a lot of new ones. Yeah. 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 It's only I, been three That one weeks. might have been out since we've been here. Okay. New to me. Though. It's new to me yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's newer. Uh, let's see. Double dry hopped with Australian Vic Secret and Idaho hops. Yeah. Vic Secret, huh? I guess, yeah. Peach mango, stone fruit, oats, wheat. Man, they got a lot going on here too. It's good. It's good so good, far. Good, good. I'm drinking Tangerine Fuzz, which I think Kyle and Micah drank last time we were here. Oh, yeah. I think I did um, that, too. Did you do that one? Yeah, was three of three? us oh, had Oh, that it. was the all three. Nice. And we all graded each other's, didn't we? Yeah, it was something weird. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, you, if you want to know he, what's he in it. He blacked out. Look back. <laughs> yeah, I think I... T- <laughs> we remember was, what happened. That's, yeah. that's the day that my feelings got oh, really Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Because I wasn't included in the Tangerine Fuzz. <laughs> it's a sour, <laughs> double dry hopped New England IPA. Still hurt. Very good beer so far. I'm, I'm happy with it. But we will jump right into the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday, in case you missed it. I don't know where, what you guys are doing, but Kansas City Chiefs won their first Super Bowl in 50 years, 31-20 to behind a 21-0 fourth quarter, led by quarterback and Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. 
It was 10-10 at half before the 49ers scored 10 straight in the third quarter to take a 10-point lead, which they had until 6 minutes and 13 seconds left in the game. Holy smokes. Before the Chiefs scored three straight touchdowns, which included two passing touchdowns from Mahomes and a rushing touchdown from Damian Williams with about a minute left in the game. Jimmy G, 20-31, 219 yards, a passing touchdown, two interceptions. Mosert led the way on the ground for the 49ers with 58 yards on 12 carries for a solid 4.8 average. 49ers averaged 9.3 yards per carry on the ground in the game. And you still had your quarterback throwing 31 times, so that's a little odd if you ask me. But uh, we'll jump down to Mahomes, 26 of 42 for 286 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions, and was sacked four times. Tyreek Hill had nine catches for 105 yards. Sammy Watkins had 98 yards and five catches. Just going through it here. Just moving moving right along. <laughs> Damian Williams seemed like the key player for the Chiefs on the offense. 104 rushing yards on 17 carries and a touchdown on the ground. He also had four catches for 29 yards and a receiving touchdown. So that's where I want to start personally. The facts. Is Damian Williams <laughs> actually facts. the true MVP of that Super Bowl? I, th- I think arguably. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that's where everyone else stood, you know, it, it, in most of the sports world. I, I think Damien just got snubbed, really. Yeah, and a lot of people were offended by it. Like, I was listening to Sports Talk, obviously, all day the next day. People were offended. It's like, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me who wins MVPs, and especially no. in, in playoffs. But it's just like, it, it, it's a little obvious what they were trying to do. They're trying to make Mahomes the face of the NFL, and that was their opportunity. Right. I mean, the comeback was great for Mahomes, but at the same time, Damian Williams, I think, was the key guy there. What do you think on that, Ryan? I don't know. In my mind, he wasn't the key guy to make the comeback. I mean, he, he scored the, the touchdown, you know, where he had a really terrible effort where he scored the touchdown yeah, uh, re- right. receiving. Yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, but, I mean, his last run, the long run, was 38 yards. If you take 40 yards, basically, off of his total, he's around 65 yards. I mean, that's that's an average game, and that was – that wasn't the reason why they won the game. It definitely solidified at the end and made I mean, closed it out, but that's not the reason why they won. So I'm okay with Mahomes winning because he was the reason for the comeback and, and the defense. So really, I would yeah. argue somewhere, in, but nobody really stood was out. stood yeah stood out in the defense single-handedly taking that game over. So I think Mahomes, in my mind, is the Super Bowl MVP. Okay, that's fair. So, I mean, the next thing that I want to bring up was what was more impressive – the comeback for the Chiefs or the meltdown by the 49ers? I mean, we talked about it. We talked yeah. about Kyle Shanahan. He can't make the same mistakes again. Sure enough, <laughs> he was making yeah. the same mistakes yeah, what again. What was he doing? What in the world happened there? They they were up 10 points. <laughs> With they six had, minutes They left. picked off Mahomes, and everybody in the room just said, it's over. I did. I know. I, 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 I agreed it. with you. Yeah. <laughs> And and what did they do? They start. They keep throwing the ball on second and four and second and five. Yeah. Why? I mean, they were still getting five, six yards every single first down run, and then they would just start throwing. Yeah. There was a, a key drive. I'm trying to remember exactly what the score. I think they had a three point lead still, and the first play of the game, or first first play of the drive, was like a twenty yard run. Second play, six yard run, and then they throw the ball twice and had to punt. Then yeah. Right after that, it was just like, okay, that was the last time they really tried to run the ball. Yeah, it, it was really weird. And last week we talked about the coaching matchup, Reed versus Shanahan. And I think that stood out so much in this game. And Reed won the coaching matchup. Yeah, he, yes, for, he did. For three quarters, the game went to script for the 49ers. They did everything they needed to do. They pressured Mahomes. Mahomes was having a terrible game. 
They did everything they he needed did, to do. At times, he looked rough. Yeah, yeah he um, he was missing wide open throws too. So something was going on with him. He was yeah. he was all he looked hurt. You think so? I thought he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he seemed a little bit off. And then, and then you know, the Chiefs made an adjustment. So Reed and his team they went to the hurry up. They they started changing the pace of the game and, and made it some sort of adjustment. What did the 49ers do? They went away from their strength the, the, yeah. the whole year, the whole postseason. I, I get the throwing. They they threw the ball effectively all game before that. But the then was the time to, yeah, stick to what your guns yeah. – you're not the Chiefs. You're not going to throw like the Chiefs. Yeah. Stick to your running game. Those guys were not having bad games. They were effective on the ground. Use them, especially on like second and five. You yeah. know, that's where they're at their bread and butter. Look second the, and five, create a third and one, third and two. Yeah, the, the 49ers were in control of the game, and they were letting – the Chiefs dictate what they were going to do. Yeah, like, it was really I mean, they, weird. They were stacking the box. Yeah, they're trying to stop the run. Well, so were the Vikings when they when you did it to them. Like that's just the way it worked. So were the Packers. Just beat them. Yeah, yeah. It, it just made it made absolutely no sense it, that, it, that they went away from it and they were they were reacting out of fear of what could happen instead of just no, we're just gonna do it the right way. We're gonna do what works and put this the, like put this game away. It was just it was it was unbelievable. It, it, Instead of imposing their will, they were just kind of playing this reactive game at that point. They're like, yeah, ah, we'll just let them do what they do, and then we'll, we'll, we'll try and just counteract what they're going to do. Yeah. It, it didn't make any sense. It was, it was really weird. And some of the things that we brought up last week was you don't give Mahomes no. the, don't put an it, opportunity. Don't give the opportunity. Yeah. You don't give yeah. an opportunity. And, I mean, and that's easier said than done, obviously. It but, is. again, yeah. they went to script for, for three quarters, and then they didn't do what they needed to do in the fourth quarter to close the game out. They had everything lined up to close the game out. And, and we said, if they had a lead in the fourth quarter, good luck chiefs, because they're going to run it down your throats. They didn't. Yeah. They, they went away from their strength. It was just, it was bizarre. And yeah. they, they made Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo. They gave him the chance to win the game. And that, that hasn't been the reason why they got to the Super Bowl. you know, through the entire course of the year. Yeah. So it seems like Shanahan got into his own head. Yes. Yeah, it did. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> And, it, and that's Weird. twice now. That is twice that he's done that now. So it's just really it, bizarre that, that that's the way it, it laid out. It, it really laid out the exact way we – I mean, we projected that. I think the the 49ers would win. A couple of us thought that. But it I, was like the things that we were afraid of definitely came to fruition, yeah, which is yeah, why yeah. the Chiefs ended up winning that football game. Yeah, I, I just wrote down a few of the things because I listened to the podcast today from last okay. week because I got to you know do my research and catch up and right. help, help the numbers and all that stuff. That's how he yeah. learns about Very sports. Nice. <laughs> so you were our listen this week. Listen to him. <laughs> so I, but I wrote down a few of the things that we brought up, and it was 49ers keys to victory, pressure Mahomes, score early, don't let the game come down to Jimmy Garoppolo and his nerves in the fourth yeah. quarter. Those, that's what we talked about. Two of those things, they did. Right, yeah. The third, yeah. they didn't. And then for the Chiefs, it was keep the game close with Tyreek, down, Tyreek Hill down the field because his speed is a, a game changer. Yeah. And then wait for Garoppolo to mess up. That happened too. Yeah. And in a tight game, it's the Chiefs are favored because of the quarterback matchup. You have yeah. Mahomes versus Garoppolo. You're going to take Mahomes every time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, we could talk more about the game, but it's really not worth it at this point. It is what it is. It was, a good, it was game. a good football game. Great game. Yeah. Yep. It really was. It was a good Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, it was fun to watch. So I, d- I did want to ask you guys if there was a certain commercial that that stood out to you that was just made you laugh or emotional, like what, whatever stood out. Is there anything in particular? The, it's not one, but the a number of the Post Malone Bud Light oh, ones yeah. <laughs> Those are really made me like. And it wasn't like 
super intuitive or anything like that. Like it, was, it was funny. It was, but it was pretty funny. Those were, yeah. yeah. Like the inside out, but it was oh, in yeah. Paul Malone's head. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. That was funny. How about you, Micah? Um, I like the NFL 100 commercial. Was that the one with the with, kid? With the kid. Yeah, yeah. that was the cool. Start I thought that was really cool. A lot of cameos from a lot of NFL Barry Sanders. greats. You know, it was really, really cool. And then the Little Caesars sliced bread commercial I thought was hysterical. <laughs> nice. Ryan? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of this, the Snickers. Yeah, that was the one right? I had written down. They, they had the, the hole in the earth there. I don't. Literally I don't know the song. Like I don't know the song that they yeah. said. Like this is really dumb or yeah, something. Yeah, we or, have an idea and it's really stupid or something. Yeah. but that was, they're trying to make the world a better place. So they wanted to by feed, feeding, it feeding the world. Snickers. <laughs> they dug a hole and they dropped a giant Snickers bar in the middle. <laughs> Shoot, then, I gotta find this. I didn't see it. Oh, I'll, it's I'll good. find and it. Then, and then, yeah, then these idiot. And then these two like young kids were were on like Instagram or something. They're taking selfies of themselves like by the hole and they tripped and they fell in. And somebody's like, "It's working." Hilarious. So good. Um, oh, what it. about the halftime show? A lot of people were offended. A lot of people made it a big deal. Like, what do you guys think about it? it yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, I'm personally glad my kids weren't sitting there watching it with me. You took the words out of my mouth. But, I'm glad my ten year old daughter wasn't watching it. Yeah, uh, but like that's the world. That's the world now. Exactly. That's, what did yeah. What did you really expect yeah. was going to happen? It was kind of. I didn't expect J Lo to come out in like a I don't know a leather thong outfit and then and then somehow undress from that yeah that, that was <laughs> that, that was, was a little weird yeah, somehow go that was impressive. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i i mean I, I don't get offended by that stuff anymore it's just kind of is what it is turn it off if you don't want to watch it so yeah that's, <laughs> i don't know i always compare it to bruno mars i, I think that was my, my favorite yeah Completely it was yeah. yeah it was absolutely killer music clean as I'll get out and it was still rock and fun. So. My, my favorite part of the whole uh, show was when the Chiefs did their little trick play where they had three guys spinning around. Oh yeah. Their play from awesome. 1948 yeah. Rose Bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, that was cool. <laughs> I missed it like live. I, I don't remember seeing it. And then all of a sudden I saw a replay. I was like, wait, what, what did they just do? Yeah, it was do? weird. Yeah. It was really funny. But yeah, it was, you don't see that every day. So before we kind of turn away from the Super Bowl, we did have our, our little adopt a team draft and King Kyle over here once again and it again sealed the deal he won again he won again with a third pick this time yeah Man. that's right dang Could you stop rubbing Man. it in yes for this one we need to call you Queen Kyle then right uh, I don't know <laughs> that's acceptable <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, uh, uh, no, I how about I, you just strike out the music for, <laughs> for our well, I just tr- want to say mock draft 2.0 was a prize on that one or we were, okay, no, still, I don't think we did a prize. Okay, haven't been paid for the mock draft one. 2.0 game. So, okay, we'll go to that. There we go. So this is going to be from Pro Football Focus 2.0's draft with trades. I think was very important here, which is kind of what Ooh. caught my eye. So we do have a little bit here. So to start, we got Cincinnati Bengals taking Joe Burrow, Washington Redskins taking edge rusher Chase Young, Miami Dolphins moving up from five to three with the Detroit Lions. Yes. They swapped their fifth. Lions get their 26th overall pick as well. They move up to get Tua Tungaviola. Number four, New York Giants take offensive tackle Jedrick Willis out of Alabama. So, I mean, go back to when we did our, our first first game here. Ryan, you took Jeff Akuda for the Lions. Yes. I think Micah and Kyle both took uh, Derek Brown, right? Mm-hmm. So they're still on the board here, both of them. So I'm assuming we're going to stick with that. We're not going to make our own picks here. It's kind of obvious what we're going to do. Fair so enough. what I will do is I'll just tell you what pro football focus takes. And the pick is in at number five. And the Detroit Lions select 
cornerback Jeffrey Akuda out of Ohio State. Basically what they said here is the Lions add an extra first rounder and still get their guy. Okuda was tailor-made to play in a man-heavy defense like Matt Patricia's. He allowed only 12 first downs and one touchdown last season. So, Ryan, obviously you like that pick. I, I, I don't do. think we could go against it. I mean, if you guys wanted, would rather go defensive line, it is it is what it is. But what I really wanted to talk about more was, was we continue to go down this draft here and get to the Lions' second pick at 26 or before. Yeah, Ooh. surprise, right? All right, so I'll kind of go down a few few names that, that come come to light here. Los Angeles Chargers took Justin Herbert. Um, Carolina Panthers, Isaiah Simmons at, at seven. Yep. Uh, we'll jump down to Jacksonville at nine. They took Derek Brown um, out of Auburn. The Jets went with Jerry Judy, who was who a name that I brought up. I don't really want him to take him. I don't want the Lions to take him first round, but... It'd be that's great. What I, that's it'd, what I brought up. It'd be so. great if he slips later on, but it just it probably won't happen. Yep. So another another interesting one, uh, the Indianapolis Colts from the Dallas Cowboys. So it was a trade. They took edge rusher AJ Epineza out of Iowa. Thought that was kind of interesting. So here, so we're 21. Philadelphia Eagles take wide receiver Henry Ruggs. Here we are, number 22. So this is where the Lions come back into the draft here. So they were down to 26. This is what they say they're going to trade. Lions will trade back up to get ahead of the New England Patriots is the, the key to this this pick here. So I'm curious. I don't, look, I, I don't expect you guys to have a name off the top of your head with all these names off the board. Um, there's a lot of value on this board. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you that the pick is in. The pick is in for the Detroit Lions at 22. The Detroit Lions select quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. The Lions... Got the added first-round pick what? for the number three overall pick and can stand to take some swings for the fences because of it. They come up and jump other teams with veteran quarterbacks to take Love services. Love finished top five in both big-time throws and turnover-worthy plays in the past season. That's the definition of a high-risk, high-reward prospect. Okay. Stupid, right? Terrible. Say, this has to make you real mad. Worst right? idea ever. This is like Look, Charles Barkley terrible. I love the <laughs> trade down. I love the taking, you know, the extra 26th pick. Yeah. And extra first round. But a quarterback? Look, if you're going to take a quarterback, take Tua. Like, that is more of a risk than taking a guy like Jordan Love, right? Like, why would you give up Tua in this opportunity? Like, and that, look, don't get me wrong. I'm against the taking Tua thing. But why in the world would you trade out of that pick? And still take a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. That's make, not what's going to make this it, it team makes, good. It makes no sense. Yeah, it blew my mind that this is what this guy did. And, and why would you – I mean, yeah, they could take a quarterback and, and swing for the fences like they're saying because they have a luxury of a second first-round pick. Why wouldn't you take a first-round talent on the defensive line because that's the other area that we need to address? Exactly. You're, You're talking about swinging for the fences. This is this team is not even playing the same yeah, game. Swinging for the fences would like the be Chiefs taking two of Like, yes, there's yeah. no – you are getting. There's so many good players here. You got Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. Uh, oh, that Chanel, would be good. Wide receiver out of uh, out of Colorado. Marlon Davidson out of the defensive lineman out of Auburn. It's like you have guys that can come in and play now. Why in the world would you take this guy? And they need it, help now. Yes, exactly. They need help now. This organization needs to win now. It's it's do or die. I don't know why he think that would be. It, a future plan. Yeah, I feel like it's such a. Type he, he, 
whoever put this draft together, Pro Football Focus, they're completely contradicting themselves. They're saying, no, yeah. the Lions don't need a quarterback. Wait, well, now they do. Later in the draft, like, what? Do you think that's because Tua has come out and said he doesn't want to play for the Lions? I, do you think that, that he, plays into this? He said, I don't even know that. Yeah, he publicly said that he would not play for the Lions. Yeah. I thought he or, said, said, said that. You're right. said that he would rather play in Miami, not specifically for the Lions. He's, they said that they would rather not play for the Lions because yeah. they don't like the doubt of the coaching staff, basically. Oh, okay. Not necessarily saying that they're a bad coaching staff, but the fact that they're already on the hot seat, why would you want to go there? Sure, right. sure, gotcha. Sorry, if I can take you down a real quick tangent that you guys are going to love. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea that Mahomes was drafted by the Tigers. Yeah, pretty <laughs> Until cool, like right? two weeks ago. <laughs> 2014. Like, was, uh, sorry, I just I wanted to bring that up. It's, it's it like, probably would have taken 37 rounds for the Lions to take him, too. <laughs> <laughs> 38. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that pick is out. That's a bad pick. Yeah, I, I need pick is out music. You have so many op- opportunities here to to add another high end talent in a position of need. Quarterback is not a position of need. Period. End of story. I'm sorry. I, I, would, I would rather them go after a first round wide receiver and just add to that depth. Exactly. Than go for a quarterback. Like My if you goodness. could get that Lavisca Chanel out of wide, wide receiver out of Colorado, I think he would be a perfect fit. Yeah. Well, that that or uh, Jefferson from LSU, right? He's a big physical wideout as well. That's yeah. Right in that later first round, second round time yeah. frame. Yeah. It wouldn't be bad. And, and honestly, even if you wanted to take a risk and take one of the running backs that you like, you have your choice of yeah, any running back here in the whole draft. You're gonna go a quarterback. Probably the the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the draft. What what good does that do? Dobbins. You could go J.K. Dobbins or even Jonathan Taylor if you yeah, wanted to. Either one. They might be available second round as but well. But you're right. That all those all of those options make, make way more sense than going a quarterback and swing for the fences. That that's not swinging for yeah. the fences at all. It was one of the weirdest. I, look, I started reading this and I was like, heck yeah! All right, we're traded. <laughs> we traded down. That's what I want to see. I want to see that first thing. <laughs> Trade down with Miami. That would be the most perfect decision because you still get a CUDA, or you could even go Simmons if you want to do that. Like you have all of your options in front of you. You could go Derek Brown. You, like, Look, if we if, if the talent's there, if we can trade down and get one of those three guys, I, I would be happy with that. Yeah, because I want Okuda more than anything else. But those other two guys are are playmakers as well, and we need help in all of those areas. So I'm I'm okay with them if they can get more picks to acquire more talent and still get one of those three guys that's the that's the goal in the end yeah and i agree completely what i also want to see is them hold pat until draft day because i don't want them to trade away that number three pick and something get crazy where someone trades with washington and takes let's say someone trades ahead ahead of three to get Tua or whoever even justin herbert might skyrocket you never know yeah and all of a sudden you got chase young at three sitting there like you you need to be you need, that needs to be an option for you. Yeah, you got to wait on draft day. So, look, I'd, I'd love to see movement, all that good stuff, but um, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, and it's still so so early. We got a full combine free agency. To, Ho- to hopefully, go uh, Young fails some sort of like drug test or something. Yeah, and, then, and then the Lions can scoop him up. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. We'll take him. I, I'd be <laughs> I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um, so you can cut the cut the draft game music. Um, before we turn the page from the Lions and in, in, in football here completely, uh, Ryan, you brought up, you know, kind of discussing this pre, pre-show is the Darius Slay. Um, they are in talks with him. The Lions are trying to keep him on the roster and try to keep him happy too. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the report I saw showed that they were in talks for a contract extension 
And also, it did mention that a trade possibility is still out there. If so they can't. It, yeah, if, if, yeah, if the trade or if the extension talks fall through, then they're looking to trade and get assets out of them. Yeah. And, and it also sounds like Slay and Akuda are already building a relationship too, which is kind of interesting. I, I seriously, that is like the goal in the end, to keep the guy, the lockdown corner on the team, the veteran, and then bring in a shutdown athletic, big, tall, physical corner to pair with him. And then, and then we can just have the circus of cornerback for the third well, guy. Yeah, you have you know, Warrior. You got, you got Coleman. Who, yeah, Coleman in the slot will be do what he does best. Th- that's there. that's where he belongs. Yeah, in Warrior. Yeah, we have some talent coming up at the same time. That would be absolute best case scenario. And then from there, you can work your defense back to the core, back to the the defensive line, and address those issues through other means. Yeah, with the free agency and stuff like that. So. So we did have some breaking news earlier today that we mentioned in the intro here. Uh, Mark D'Antonio is stepping down as head coach from the Michigan State Spartans, predicted by Kyle for, I think that was your, your hot take of the year, right? Yeah, for, was for Michigan State. D'Antonio yeah. was done. So, um, yeah, it's very shocking. We don't have all the information yet, um, and, and we probably never will in a lot of ways because – it's going to be he said, she said type stuff. It just seems like very odd timing, and there's just a lot of questions that it raises. But b- before we kind of dig into those questions, Kyle, did, did you have oh, sorry. I don't. I don't think it seems like it. I, it's it, odd it timing. It is like, very yeah. odd. Yeah. <laughs> the day before National Signing Day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, yeah. Sorry to me to derail. No, it, that's the part that gets me. Like, it's not even so much the, you know, the other stuff you get into. But, yeah, I don't. Man. You could have done this before, and then you have everything. It's, yeah. yeah, it's really strange. So what, what I do want to – how I want to start is basically what we know, basically what he's saying. So he sent out a tweet. I want to say it was about 350 or something like that, basically resigning. Um, Ryan, I'm, you, you were reading over the, the little – announcement he made yeah what what were some stuff that that was worth pulling out of here yeah i won't i won't read over the whole thing but uh you know first he just thanks the fans alumni um he gets into a little bit of reflection talking about uh some of the championships that he had and the big moments big games the playoffs all of his accomplishments he definitely made sure to add all of those accomplishments in there yeah uh i'll read the next part though he just says this job before the fall (laughs) he says This job has always been a 24-7, 365 day a year position. There is no downtime and it is filled with the demands and challenges of managing games, players, coaches, recruits, donors, staff, media, and enthusiastic fan base and competition at the very highest level. I will miss it all, but feel the sacrifices that I've made away from my family must now become my priority at this time. He goes on saying, my plan is to stay within the university athletic department in a role involving special projects, especially transitioning our players, both current and incoming, to their next challenges. Uh, It has truly been an honor and a privilege to serve the head football coach at Michigan State University. I will forever be a Spartan. All right. So that's what he wrote, quote unquote, last week on a plane. Right. Which that, is is another. It's basically very it's weird. Basically saying he's not up to the challenges anymore, and the job is too difficult. It's too much time. He sacrificed too much away from his family, and he's time away. Yeah, without actually saying family. Like I mean, he's, I know he said family, but he doesn't say. And it, so, I look at it as when somebody resigns, there's really four options of what's going on. It's personal issues that you just want to step away and be done with it. It's a family emergency, health, 
health-related stuff that you're just, I need to be there for them. None of that was mentioned in either of these really, in his, in his announcement here. So then I start going to, you're basically quitting is another door, or you're trying to get ahead of something else that before something else hits the fan in yeah. a lot of ways. If something was happening or if something, there was an allegation or he feels like he can't beat something that's about to happen, then, yeah. then that would be a reason to resign. Yeah, so, so go back yesterday. So, I mean, go back several months, several, even a, a year or so. There was those allegations with, with Curtis Blackwell, who was his former recruiting um, head of recruiting is that is that safe to say? Yeah, um, coordinator. Yeah, head of recruiting. They yeah. fired him. He's he's now suing D'Antonio in Michigan State for um, wrongful termination because of a bunch of whole. It, it's, it's a big mess. But basically, yesterday, yeah, along right, with two Michigan State police officers. Okay, yeah, and he's know. suing a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Micah, what, what I wanted from you here is, is yeah. basically what came out yesterday. Like more allegations that Blackwell's kind of throwing it at D'Antonio to begin with, right? Yep. So allegation number one is um, D'Antonio orchestrated employment for the parents of two MSU football players with mega donor Bob Scandaleras. Okay. Is that right? Whose name is on the football facility. Number two, D'Antonio had Blackwell accompany him on a Metro Detroit home visit of an unnamed five-star recruit when Blackwell – in his role as director of college advancement and performance, wasn't authorized to conduct off-campus visits. Okay, so so let's let's stop there for one, for one second. These are the allegations that are coming at at D'Antonio. Not a big deal. Everybody no. does it. Yeah. Yep. There's always a parent getting a job. There's always, you know, illegal recruiting. This is something. If D'Antonio's denying it the way that he has, and it's it's going to come out in light that it's true, whatever it is, it's it's something that happens. So, right, I do want to say that before we move for, forward, it's their allegations. If he did that, you're breaking rules 100%. Do I think he's the only one doing it? Do I think Michigan does it? Do I think Central Michigan does it? Yes, I think everybody does. I think that's he. So, <laughs> that's where I wanted to start with that. But do do you have more on that? No, I don't. I mean, besides that, a lot of Power Five conference schools have committed violations and have admitted to them, and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yep. this like, it, this just seems to be the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Yeah. If, if it's the allegations, if it's something that he's trying to, I don't want to say hide from because he's still on the organization or still part of the, the football program and all of that, but it's just like, is that the tip of something that, could stem to a lot more. That's what it seems like, doesn't it? it I mean, feel, it's it, just... It feels like it could be that. But it, I don't mean to interrupt, but it also is kind of weird if he's going to stick around around the athletic department and in uh, at Michigan State as a whole. If, if, they, if he was resigning because of allegations of something going on, wouldn't he then just resign from Michigan State altogether? I know. See, that throws me too. So he doesn't yeah. partner with them at all. An but, right. but it was in his contract when he's done as the football coach, he gets one year in an advisory role or the role that he's moving into, and he gets $1 million for that one year. I was unaware of that. Yes. So it's part of a contract. Right, whether, so million makes sense, yeah. Whether it's him <laughs> saying, this is what I'm going to do, and you guys can't do anything about it, or them saying, hey, if you're stepping away, you have to do this as well. Like, do I don't now. know the ins and outs. I think that will come to light if if he if and when this actually 
you know, if he finishes this full year, if it, unless more comes, you know, you never know. We're definitely going to get more information. They're going to have to explain this a little bit, even, yeah, if, even if it's not the whole truth. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to get more out of this eventually. Yeah, so, so basically, I, I don't think it's the the actual violations that he would be necessarily running from in this situation. No. It's the um, the deposition mm. that, that D'Antonio had where he basically denied all of these claims under oath earlier this year. Mm. And if Blackwell's saying, no, I have proof from X, Y, and Z, I'm going to prove him wrong, I'm going to prove that he is lying, that's when we're running into bigger issues because it's not necessarily breaking the rules. That's the issue. It's the lying like that. We saw that with um, Jim Tressel. It was the lying to the media, lying to the NCAA, all of that stuff. That's what was the end of Jim Tressel. The cover up. Right. Yeah, it was the cover up. It yeah, was it says the cover up is worse than the crime. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I feel like we could be looking at in this type of situation. If he was, if he did lie under oath the way that this is claiming, that's where we're going to be you know, learning a lot more, if you will. Right, right. Um, and and what you're saying makes sense with the odd timing of the whole thing because you just don't do this the day before National Signing Day and, and you don't do it right after National Signing Day either. Yeah. The obvious choice, if something's weighing on you and you just can't handle it anymore because of family stuff, you do that at, right after the bowl game or even at, even before that yes. so that a new coach can come in and get familiar with the team. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yep. And, and, and look, I, I'm not saying he should have done it to avoid the $4.5 million bonus. Like He deserved that for what he has done at Michigan State. I think that's more of a, a long-term, look what I've done for you, not what I'm going to do for you bonus. And he deserved it. So I... Sure. I Look, if if I was in that situation, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm going to stay until I get that bonus. Right. But for the goodness of my heart, the goodness of the program, the goodness of the school, it's like, look, I'm leaving. Let's have this stuff lined up. Let's have a plan in place for when February 4 comes around and I finally announce that this is leaving. Because, I mean, we're, 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 we continue to be told. I heard Tom Izzo saying as well that he's known for a couple weeks. D'Antonio said he rode it on the plane. Look, I'm sorry, but the, the Michigan State as a whole would not be in shock right now. They would have a plan laid out and would have been ready for this. Yeah. This, the way that it's dropped today at such a random time, 350 or something like that, that's not when you do this type of stuff, and that's when it happened. And for me, that's red flag after red flag. Same here. You know, something I wanted to point out is if I were to think of how D'Antonio would step away now wouldn't be the time he would do that. He's not that type of guy. It, it's it, the the timing seems almost cowardly in a way. Mm-hmm. Feels selfish. I, I, yes, it really it, does. It, that that's just from an outsider's perspective. I'm sure there's many other reasons for him doing this, but the 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 timing is terrible, and it makes him look bad from a public perspective. Yeah, I agree, and I'm curious, Kyle. I'm, I don't want to get into like the true feelings of D'Antonio. We all know he's a great coach, all that stuff, but just more or less, how do you feel about this moment, how this was handled? And, and Obviously, we, again, we don't know all of the answers. There might be more that comes out. You never know. Health-related issues, we, we don't know. But as you see it right now, how do you feel like this was handled? And how, as a Spartan fan, how do you feel? Yeah, I, it, it seems weird. It does. Uh, the timing is not good. Um, but I, I kind of think what Ryan does, I think we're going to learn more something. It can't just go down with like this and then it's done. Um, 
So I guess I'm kind of holding off on saying, passing judgment or getting upset about it or anything. Um, and I know you said it's not all about that, but when I think of Mark D'Antonio, obviously I, being a Spartan fan, I think more about Big Ten championships. And yeah. I think about Rose Bowl winning. I think, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I think especially like you're saying, if it's a legal issue, then it will come out. Yeah. Um, if it's he just punted, then I think they can keep it much more quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But and then how would you feel about that? I mean, I've, even if he is punting, and in, in in my opinion, it's quitting, quitting on these recruits, quitting on well, this that's team. What I mean. Yeah, like that would tick me off in the way he's doing it as as a fan because he's leaving them in such a terrible position because the carousel's already done moving, and now all of a sudden oh, yeah. you have this gaping hole where you, so say you do go out and sign a coach that's available or you pay for one. Okay, well who's going to be his OC? Who's going to be his DC? Like you're basically just you, you put a hold on this program. For this season. Was that another loyalty move that we've seen so many times in the past from him? Leaving his DC or OC to basically fight for it? And that's what I heard. Not necessarily fight for it, but I mean. I heard people bring that up. I thought that was a little. Maybe he didn't want to fire him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And and that that could be it. But then it's it's like he's kind of hurting them more than firing them at this point, leaving them, throwing them to the wolves. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird. And, and to kind of mesh, mesh them together, they were, I was listening to Mike Valenti, and they brought in uh, Tom Izzo. He was, like, live on Big Ten Network getting ready for a pregame. It's like, look, I know it's football, basketball, but it's the same umbrella. It's their, their best friends. D'Antonio and oh, yeah. Izzo are known to be very good friends. Why in the world are they announcing this five hours before Tom Izzo has a big game. Like, that's just not the way these type of programs work. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the game coming up for Michigan State basketball today, why are they having having Tom Izzo have to answer these type of questions five hours before his his big game? Because I'm just – It's a distraction. It's just just a distraction. And in my my opinion, it's a much bigger organization – with the athletic department, they would not allow that to happen unless they had to get ahead of something and make this happen now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in the end, all speculation yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. at, at this it point. Is. So yeah. these are the feelings that we have about it. Yep. We'll learn more. Is, is yeah, th- this sure. just yeah. came out l- hours ago. Yes. So. Yep. And one thing that I did want to bring up that I thought was interesting, uh, I was th- jump on the, on the Google on MLive. There was an article that came out this morning about how Mark D'Antonio was basically excited um, that, you know, they had Josiah Robinson, a three-star defensive end. They had uh, a running back named Simmons coming in to sign tomorrow. They, like, mm-hmm. he named three or four different recruits that he was expecting to sign tomorrow on National Signing Day. And now all of a sudden, this is coming out four hours or six hours after the first article came out. It's just another one of those, it- something's not adding up. <laughs> it's fishy, but I don't know how it, how this lifestyle as a coach goes. I mean, is that is that the poker face you must wear until you drop the bombshell? I, you do not make these type of announcements I, on a Tuesday afternoon. Period. End of story. That's the way. That's never the way it works. Ever. It is always a Friday afternoon dump. That's what it is. You, you hear it all the time, and it's just it's the exact opposite of the way most of these most of these type of business decisions are done. 
So we'll move right along to talk some NBA trade deadline stuff, uh, which is on Thursday. I do not know what time it's at. Usually I do. Is it at like 4 o'clock Eastern time or something something along those lines? Um, I will look it up, sir. Cool. Yeah, so basically the Pistons are in sell mode. They're absolutely terrible. The injuries are kind of catching up to them, obviously, without Blake Griffin. So you you have a few assets here. And I'm curious to what you guys, you know, are hearing what you guys want to see happen and what you expect to happen. So, Ryan, if you want to start out and, and kind of start with some rumors that, that you've been hearing, if you have them. Yeah, well, first I'm just going to start off by listing a few of their uh, injured players because this is a pretty good starting five, actually. Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, Luke Kennard, Markeith Morris, and Svi Mikhailuk. This is the last game. All out. And that's, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So they are definitely, I mean, it, you're not going to win with this kind of a, a team right now. No. At this point. But so not the that late, they were winning beforehand either, though, for the record. They've made the eighth seed in the playoffs, like what, four years in a row? I don't know what they've done, yeah. but Zero not that they can win. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> they have a title this century. Yeah, yeah. they do. Or two. Just one. one. 2004, yeah, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Red Wings won in 2008. So if that's what you're going with. No, I was, I was, you're Lions <laughs> is what I'm going to Oh, yeah, they, have, they don't have one. So anyway, uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about Andre Drummond and being um, Atlanta Hawks, right? That's who he was rumored, rumored to be with. Yeah. So more information actually came out on that. Apparently that trade fell through because Andre Drummond and his group did not want to jump into a long-term contract with the Hawks, which what they were they were looking for that. Yeah, because they're actually in last place, right? Yeah. So it's the, not like they're gonna bring him on to to win now. For, yeah, for a, a run at the right. So they this year. they need some guarantee and some contract extension talk, and Andre wouldn't do that. Okay. So oh, that's really? that's the reason why that one fell through. But he, now he's actually rumored to be uh, involved with trade talks with the Clippers. Okay. Which is very interesting. I'm not really sure what they have to give because they give up what three or four first round picks yeah. for you know to the Thunder. Are they gonna give us Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. I, <laughs> I'll take it. Reunite with coach. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, no, I mean and I feel like that's kinda gonna be the theme here with, with a lot of these rumors is the buyers don't have a lot to offer. Which I think you know, w- once we get kind of go down the list, you you're not going to get that great of a return for, yeah. for a lot of these guys. Yeah. But, but we'll keep Right. Going. So, so if for, for Drummond, I think their return, their ex- expectations for this return, has, it's been changed a little bit. They're, they know that his stock is not as high as it was before. And really, he's been terrible the last month. Yes. He's ever, put since, up, ever since really the, the original the trade rumors. rumors. Yeah. Yes. And he's, he's had an attitude. He, I think he's just sick of losing. It's tough. I mean, I get it. But he's been really, really bad. The Clippers do need the help with the starting center because right now they've got Zubac. Okay. And that's just not, for a title contending team, that's just not a, a starting center in the league. Derrick Rose is another one that's uh, been rumored. And his name, and we talked about him. I think they can get the most value out of him because he has a reasonable contract. He's making $7 million a year as opposed to Drummond, who has like a $29 million player option. So Derek Rose, who's a better player than Drummond right now anyways, has been linked to the Lakers, actually, most recently. And really? Yeah, because they need some help other than LeBron and um, and uh, uh, Eyebrow, whatever his name is. <laughs> AD. There, there you go, AD. 
Be, besides those two guys, they need somebody to, to control the ball and to yeah. handle the ball. That's true. And yeah. De- Derek Rose would be that guy for yeah. them, that third option, and or it, come off the bench to limit his minutes, just like with the Pistons for a while. He's really kind of a perfect fit. Yeah. At this point, as a Pistons fan, I would take any any kind of value you can get out of Derek Rose because we're not going anywhere right now. I love the guy on our team. He's actually has been the best part of the Pistons team this entire year. You hear he said he wants to stay, though? He He's embraced yeah, Detroit. He does. He yeah. likes it. Yeah. yeah. It really, like... He's if, on a two-year deal, right? So he would have next year as well? Yes. Yeah. I, this is a guy that I would love to have on that team if we were at a in a transition year on the way up. But, yeah. we're, on, but, but we're on the way down. We're far from it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's old as it is. He's one of the right. oldest... I mean, how old is he actually? Like 32, maybe. But yeah, um, he's one of the oldest 32-year-olds in the league, it seems like. Um, but they're, but they're talking long, about... He's going to be long gone by the time... We're competing. By the time we're competing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and he's not a part of the long-term plan. If he is, then we're talking about a 36, 37-year-old Derrick Rose. Yeah. And we know, we won't know if his knees can even handle that. So right. it's just I, I not realistic. I think they go this far. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, the most recent one um, is Luke Kennard has been rumored with the Phoenix Suns involving a first round pick. Yeah, I'm interested what you what you thought about that, because if I remember right, you like Luke Kennard. I do. I like Luke Kennard. He's a really good shooter. He's not going to be a go to. He's not a guy with the ball in his hands all the time. He actually would fit in great with the Suns. Okay, because they have some pretty good young talent. And Devin Booker is the guy, their playmaker. So if they have another weapon from three-point range that would that would help them a lot and again we're not in that position so i don't know i'm not really sure how i feel about it because i always pictured luke Kennard as part of the rebuild process yeah because he's young enough yeah right? he's, it, but know. he is close to 30 right or, or did no. i look at that wrong no, no no he's not close to 30 i don't know how old he he's 20 23 years old oh okay i, mean, I got a different name in my head the wrong yeah wrong but i mean Kennard. The thing about Kennard is he's not super athletic, and his defense, he's limited defensively. He's okay. a, yeah, he's a liability defensively. Yeah. So I, I'm not completely against the idea if we get a, a first-round pick out of this from the Suns because that's, that's going to be a top-ten pick most likely. At this point, it's like yeah. number 11. Right. But, but they're, they have the hardest schedule in the league in the second so half. So would they be trading him for next year? Like what, why, why would they be interested in him? The Phoenix Suns? Yeah. Because he's on a rookie contract. Salary oh, okay. right now, and and he they have control for several years. Gotcha. Okay. And and they're planning on being on the way up right now. The they Suns, are they're very the close. Yeah. They're okay. they've been doing pretty well, and and guys like DeAndre Ayton will only get better, and yeah. he's he's kind of still one of the liabilities on their team. But yeah. they're trying to make the most out of their time with Devin Booker. Okay. They have like two superstars too, and they're they got to show improvement, or else they are going to lose yeah. those superstars. Yeah, that would yeah. be that. That sounds like it would be really good. Um. I did. I personally heard that some people were calling on Christian Wood and Svi McCulloch. Svi McKayluk. Yeah, I was close. Not really. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, it so was. I you, remember, got, you got some of the letters right. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you tried to read it. Says, That's why. It was all right. Okay, I see where I see where this is going. He turned it oh, off. He turned the mic off again. Perfect. Oh boy. So this is this is where I think it gets interesting because at least the top two, Drummond and Derek Rose. We are in sell mode as as a Pistons organization. I am okay at this point with getting rid of Andre Drummond and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is just a luxury to have him on the team. He's having an all-star type season. You get him while the value is high. You get rid of him, even though I'd love to have him. I really would. It's kind of a bittersweet thing. 
But the guys like Svi Mikhailuk, who's been a surprise this year, he's a lethal shooter. He's more athletic than people think he is, and he can handle the ball. Yeah. Decent defender. Like, he's kind of a Luke Kennard with maybe more athleticism. I, I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts about that, Kyle? I, I would keep him. I don't. He's 22. Um, and I don't, I don't. Has anybody said what they would be willing to offer for him? I haven't heard. I just offer, I heard that I mean, they like, were they were taking calls on him basically. And that I think that's okay. That never hurts. On him. That never hurts to do that. On, he, on um, he's shooting. He's shooting forty three percent from three point range. Yeah. I would take a. I would take an offer for Luke Kennard. I would. I would take an offer for most of this team. Yeah. It, so here's here's what I the way I look at this. If we can sell the top, yeah, and, and get yeah. rid of our uh, the guys that will give us a good return. I would like to see the Pistons hold on to, and then the last guy here that was rumored is Christian Wood. I would like to see them hold on to Christian Wood and Svi Mikhailuk. Yeah. My reason for this is because basketball is such a uh, a sport that relies on usage rate. So guys sure. that have the ball in their hands produce stats. It, it, it's just the way it is. Naturally, you produce stats right. if you have the ball in your hands. So once Derrick Rose is gone, once Andre Drummond is gone, that means that Christian Wood is going to be a starter. That means Svi yeah. Mikhailuk is going to have the ball in his hands all the time. If you guys really want to sell these guys for some assets later on because you're in rebuild mode, put the ball in their hands, right? get their stats way up, and you can get a way better return for them next year. Yeah. And you I, also, you don't know what you have really in them. Yes. Um, you need... Yeah, you need to put the ball in their hands to know that too. I think I, you know what you have in Drummond, you know what you have in Griffin, you know what. And I'm not saying trade him, but uh, you know what you have in a lot of the in a number of these guys. Um, but I think something else that Ryan said is important: we're not on our way up; we're on our way down. Yeah. So, so you got to look at next year's trade deadline just as much as this one. Which exactly. Yeah. Which where, where where I look at Svi Mikhailuk. I mean, at forty-three percent, he's his ceiling is actually or not his ceiling. His stock is actually pretty high. Like that's that's a good percentage. That's somebody that, you know, people would take right now. I, I turn it to to the Red Wings with Athanasiu. It's like last year he had a thirty-goal year, and I'm like, trade him now, trade him now. I said it so many times. Now all of a sudden he's worst plus minus in the league. He's absolutely terrible, and he has zero value. So you look at this guy. Yeah, he might have the ball in his hands more if other guys are gone, but then you might, you might also get exposed a lot more as well. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. The difference with that is I think basketball is more stable. You can see the talent of a basketball player. It's just easier to see. And it's obvious. Yeah. So Svi, I, I mean, we talked about it in the Pistons preview. I was saying like, keep your eye on Svi Mikhailuk and Christian Wood. Those two guys were from the beginning, two guys that stood out because of their skill level. Okay. And it was obvious to see. So then they get the ball in their hands. They can make something happen. The league has taken notice. They're good enough to play. Christian Wood is a starting center in a, on a lot of teams in this yeah. league. Yeah. He is very talented. He can shoot the three-pointer. He fits the mold of today's big man. So if, if he becomes a regular on the Pistons and he gets the minutes and the production, he, he could turn into uh, Drummond-esque numbers where 17 and 15 or something like that right. every single night. And pretty soon you can now have a return for him that they would expect from a Drummond yeah, or a return yeah. for Svee Mikhailuk once his numbers go up a little bit. And I, I think that's the way I would approach it with these young guys. Sell off the big assets, yeah. hold on to the young guys, put the ball in their hands next year, trade for those other first-round picks. Yeah. So you guys have named quite a bit of just names that are out there. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of players that, that you know teams would either like to continue to build with 
or bring in for a playoff run. So at this point, with, with, with all these names that are out, if the Pistons don't make a move, let's say, you, I mean, there, there's a very good chance that nothing happens. I mean, Andre Drummond, that could that fire could be out here any minute, and Derrick Rose, you still have him under contract, so you might hold on to him. If they do nothing, how pissed would you guys be about that? Because for me, it's like they have to do something, right? I agree with you. They have to do something. Yes. And, and you're not going to get a, a lottery pick. You're not going to – that's not what this trade deadline, in, in my opinion – again, I, I'm not – I don't know the basketball nearly as much as you guys, but like, that's not what this trade deadline is going to be about. This trade deadline is going to be getting, you know, extra late first round picks in a lot of ways, and then you try to turn those extra picks into moving up to get the player that you want. If you happen to lose the lottery, say they fall to ten, but they want that guy at six. <clears throat> excuse me, they can use those draft picks to move up to get who they yeah, want or what they want. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. Luke Kennard is kind of the wild card in that because at this point, Luke Kennard has more trade value than Drummond does because there's limited teams that want to pay the money for Drummond or even yeah. have the cap space. Luke Kennard's on a rookie deal still, so they can they can trade him. If they can get a top 10 pick for Luke Kennard, then I'm thinking about it because you still got a guy like Svi, Mikhail Luke, to come in and fill that role like he has done pretty well over yeah. the last month or so. Yeah. So scale of 1 to 10, nothing happens before Thursday trade deadline where is your anger level oh anger level because of the lack of moves eight or nine I'm I would yeah I'd be they, pretty frustrated they need that. to do something with this yeah. at least one bit like out of the just out something. of the names we've mentioned something's got to move I yeah. agree yeah. it's worth noting that Reggie Jackson's on his last deal or his last year of the deal so his salary cap hit will be coming off next year too 18 million. Before we wrap up episode 41, we do want to touch on the big in-state rivalry game that we have Saturday. We got Michigan, Michigan State on the court. Currently, MSU is ranked 16 nationally and currently tied with Illinois, Maryland at the top of the Big Ten title. So I'm just curious who you guys think is – who does this game mean more? Because you got Michigan who will probably end up being a bubble team that needs another resume win. But then you got Michigan State, who's actually competing for a true banner. I mean, Mike, you, you were kind of left out of that last discussion. Pistons, what are your thoughts on, on this game coming up Saturday? Like, who, who has more pressure here? It's hard to say. I, I guess I would go with MSU. I mean, right now they're clearly playing for more. I, I think, you know... There, there is definitely some pressure on Juwan and his team right now to basically survive and, you know, do what they can to get W's moving forward. But I, I really do think it's MSU. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing for more. All right. What about you, Kyle? Uh, agree. I think they're just, yeah, they're playing for a lot more. And I think it's Howard's first year. Um, they had a good start and obviously have fallen off a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's – I think MSU has – more to lose and is playing for more. Yeah, so so we're as we're sitting here recording, the Michigan State is down by one point to Penn State right now, which I think could kind of dictate where I go with this. I think if Michigan State loses this game, then yeah, I mean Saturday is massive for them when it comes to Big Ten, sure, you know, championship status here. But I look at it as Michigan being more important because 
I mean, so, so let's say Michigan State can find a way to win this game. They're still in the hunt. They play uh, Maryland twice still. They play Illinois once once yet. So it's like it feels like a big game because, you know, you got to be, you know, continuing to do good in the Big Ten and all that stuff and keep pace with the other guys. But right now it's like Michigan is in a lot of trouble. They lost to Ohio State tonight, which isn't a terrible loss, but at the same time is it's a win that you absolutely need. And and they didn't get it, so yeah, they're, it's another they're, loss. Their backs are against the wall, yeah. even more than than when this podcast even started today. Um, I, I look at this as is more of a Michigan thing, which scares the crap out of me because I don't think they have a, a shot in the world right now with the way that these teams are both trending. So, right, um, Ryan, I, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, is there one that you would say it means more to right now? I think it means more to Michigan too. I'm going to take your side on this. I think they have way more to lose because if they continue to lose, they're just going to miss out on the March Madness as a whole. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't make the tournament, that looks really, really bad for uh, Juwan Howard in his first year with this program. I believe in Juwan Howard. I believe in him bringing in recruits. But missing the tournament altogether after where, where Beeline brought this program, that would be a really bad start to his tenure. Yeah, I agree. I and injuries agree. injuries have been true. very tough for them. Um and, and he doesn't have his guys in there yet. So I think that there's a lot that yes. comes with I've been more critical of, of Howard um, than a lot of Michigan fans. But at the same time, it's, I mean, it's just a wait and see. With, with when, it, when you're looking at a true program and the way that he's going to be as a, a head coach, it, you get, it's a waiting game. Their team is so young right now. They lost a ton of talent and all kinds of starters from last year. Mm-hmm. We knew that this was going to be a struggle transition year for them anyways. The good thing is that they have some really good wins on their on their resume. Mm-hmm. They already have a win against Oregon. They played really really well uh, against some other big time teams. So did they beat Oregon? I thought they lost. I thought they lost. Well, they did. They did recently, but they beat them in the tournament earlier on oh, in the year. Oh, okay, gotcha. Remember when we were bowling, doing that thing? You guys yeah, remember that that thing. Yeah, they yep. won the tournament. Oh, the yeah. trip to Finn Classic that we were doing bowling. Yeah, yeah, they they, oh. they had a tournament in um like Puerto Rico or something like that or Dominican. Gotcha. I oh, I don't know Bahamas the, tournament. Bahamas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, they had a really good showing at first. They, be, sure. they beat some good teams. That was when yep. North Carolina was supposed to be good. They beat them too. So, I think they have the resume. They just need to keep putting wins on the board, and it just seems like they're not going to come easily in the Big Ten. So I think it's important for them to get another one of these wins against Michigan State would be sure. huge for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be huge. Yeah, and it's at home. Just take care of business, right? Yep. So yeah. um, before we close out, we do have the results, the final results of our DeHops Brewing Company and Cafe Picks of the Week. Um, before we get into that, I do want to remind everybody to stop in to DeHops Brewing Company and Cafe for your game days, date nights, business lunches, or your night out with your friends, the hops is always the right pick for whatever you have going on. They have Taco Tuesday, Stein Night on Wednesdays, and nights, you know, just great weekly specials throughout the week for, for me- members and non. Um, stop into the hops, make it part of your, your routine yeah, there. Can't so, go wrong, right? Yeah, great food, no. great beer. Just It's the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2020. So we'll jump into last week's results where Ryan went three and four, Kyle, Whoa. five and two. Micah four and three, along with myself at four and three. So after the twenty second and final week, the results are in. Here we go. And I was in last place with fifty six points. <laughs> behind Micah, who took third <laughs> with fifty eight points. Ooh. And Ryan won 
with 64 what? points, and Kyle was three off the pace with 61 oh, points. Yes. So congratulations, Ryan. You're taking the crown this year. You didn't win anything. Attaboy. Hopefully we get it sponsored. I won nothing, gift. and you guys won't even call me King Ryan. This is weird. I feel no. like I deserve more. Still King Kyle over here. <laughs> I got uh, multiple victories here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> this, one, this one hurts. Yeah. <laughs> one more thing to take stings. care of, uh, another stings. loose end. Uh, I did want to announce our winners for our, our, our Super Bowl picks that we put on our social media. We had a good response. Thank you all for, for submitting it. Uh, we actually had a three-way tie for first place, believe it or not. So I, I did what I could with Seriously. Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. What we got is we have three $20 gift cards for each winner. We got Whoa. Rob Nowicki, Kyle Wallace, and Mike Briggs. Uh, we will reach out to you guys on our social media and let you know how to get your $20 gift card and Hops Brewing Company and Cafe swag. That's awesome, man. So good, congratulations. Um, another thing that we're doing this month is you stop into the hops, you tell them our monthly code. Kyle, do you want to tell everybody what the code is this, this month? This month's code is King Kyle. King Kyle for people that listen to normal voices. Sorry, King Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd do a cool cryptic, you know? Cool like, is, is a... So cryptic. Mm. Make cryptic. it sound awesome. I mean, it was cryptic. I wouldn't say cool, but oh, say awesome like seductive. That's what Ooh. I was thinking. Ooh. I got uncomfortable. Six to midnight. One eight hundred K. Here we go. Yeah. Call me up. So tell your server that State of My Sports sent you. Tell them the code Tom King, King Kyle, Kyle sent you, and you will get two dollars off your first beer. It sounds Thank worse you. when he says. <laughs> Thank you to State of My Sports and the House Brewing Company and Cafe. Um, let them know you're listening. Let them know we sent you. It's good for all of us. Yeah. Do so, it. So we will wrap up with our beer grades. Ryan, I will I... grab the menu for you in a second. <laughs> I'll try to stall in the meantime. So <laughs> my beer was a dark-looking beer. Um, this was the Porter Fudge-tastic. And again, this was with walnut, cocoa nibs, milk sugar, and vanilla, creating a decadent beer. Crushed it. Yeah, thanks. I crushed it. This is not this is not my favorite beer from De Hops. They seem to always have so many flavors going on at one time to create something that I appreciate. This one, I I needed more with the walnut. I needed more cocoa. I needed more of that like. To, to live up to the fudge-tastic name that it was given. Strong name. Yeah, and so in the end, I kind of just wish I had a Schwarz beer. But, um, <laughs> you know, this this was a 6.2 alcohol percentage. I'm going to give it a 6.2. So, so are you saying we need to come out and hang out with Eric and maybe create one of our own beers with yeah, him? Yeah, I think, I think I needed more influence with this one and just say... Ooh, look creative. Add, yeah, add yeah. some more cacao. That's cacao. What, cacao. Cacao. Yes. I like it. It's the real version of cocoa. Cacao. Oh, all right. Very nice. <laughs> Crushed it again. I thought, I thought he was making up a word. No, man. No. We only get organic in my house. It's cacao. <laughs> Michigan State did lose, by the way. Yeah. Confirmed. Okay. Uh, I'm drinking EB Antonio's 101 home. IPA. 7.2 percenter. Uh, man. I thought I had the floor at one point. <laughs> D'Antonio was there. Why was he at the game? That's so stupid. Who knows, man? I'm mad at him now. Where? It's D'Antonio's fault. Go ahead, Micah. Sorry, you're, Micah. You're grading D'Antonio's beer? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. 
E B? Not not no. E B one oh one. E B one oh one. Seven point two percent or IPA. Uh it's got an experimental blend of hops. Uh it's a medium bodied mouthfeel with a blast of pine. Yeah, you gotta get the mouthfeel right. Pine. Is the one oh one based on like like a curriculum like when you go to college and you're taking one oh one classes? Either that or eastbound one oh one from somewhere. I don't know. Eastbound and I, down? I think I'm going with, with my idea. I think they were ba- EB101. It's kind of like yeah. BA101, yeah. like yeah, business administrator. Yeah, this is like the standard, like intro to EB. Holy smokes. I think we just dissected that. That's good job, guys. Yeah, that's pretty good. Why I don't like, you dissect it, my rating? Now we can graduate you to given it. EB305. 102. 102, would you? Oh. Or 201, yeah. I was. I thought we could jump a grade, but <laughs> sorry. Back guys. to EB one hundred and one, guys. <laughs> All right, EB one hundred and one. What's EB one hundred and one? I'm gonna give it an eight point two. Wow, I'm excited to try that one. It's a good IPA. It's cool. very good. Kyle, you did this different beer. Yeah, I did the. Oops, sorry. Talk to you the talk mic. To the mic. 101. Seven yeah. Mike Seven podcasting talking. 101. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle moves around too much. <laughs> you won't graduate uh, to 302. <laughs> no. Let's see. Seven Secrets. Uh, New England IPA. Double dry hopped. That is exactly the way this tastes. Very hoppy. Yeah. Um, which sometimes I, it depends on my mood, I think, more than anything. Uh, I'm going to give this beer a 7.9. I do like it. It is, it is very refreshing. So I am drinking Tangerine Fuzz, 5.4% alcohol. Uh, Their sour double dry hop New England IPA is fermented on fresh tangerines, which is paired with select hops to create a harmonious juice bomb. Ooh. You guys read that last time we were here. And you guys all gave it a grade. I don't remember what they were. But I'm going to go with a 8. Rookie score? Yeah. Why is it a rookie score? That was rook. Round number. You don't go round numbers. That's a rookie score. Yeah, you think everybody, all the yeah. judges just did it evenly? Yeah. That's and, and the best part about it, he can't change it. <laughs> Whatever. No, the fir- only the first one counts, right? Right, right. <laughs> yep. It's the rule. I was going to, you know, have this conversation keep going and see how your guys' weekends were, but we'll just, <laughs> just get out of here. You guys are... <laughs> Man... It's sour today. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm drinking a sour. Why it, it's pretty good, right? That. Did it Come get on. better as time went on? I did like on? it a lot, yeah. So good. that was all of our our comments on this is it got better as the night went on. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree completely with you guys. <laughs> Nobody's listening to anybody at this point. Just, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll have to listen to no one. This is just good radio at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike is on his phone. I'm messing with his board. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. <laughs> I'm just looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.